Welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and with me today is Larry Bauer. He is the CEO of the Family Medicine Education Consortium. He is chair and in the past has been chair of the planning committee for the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine Northeast Region. I've known Larry for many years, going back probably a couple decades, and he, if you don't know and haven't heard of him, my guess is you probably have, he's a leading voice in primary care, family medicine, and the initiatives that we all have, the interests that we all have in, in making primary care grow. And when I try to promote this particular show, I've been saying this is an example of is family medicine rocket science or not? And when you use that concept, it sounds so overwhelming. But in a way, family docs are rocket scientists, I guess. And Larry, let's talk a little bit about all the work you've done and where you see primary care going as we head into probably the second decade of the millennium. Great, Brian. I'm glad to be on your show, and I look forward to this conversation. Where do you see it going? I mean, where do you see as with all the new changes in healthcare between EMR and you know the fact that we're now trying to be more involved in patient-centered medical home? Where is primary care right now? Well, I see primary care, you know, as our health system collapses, just from the complexity of it and the cost of it. And as more and more information comes out about the harm that's being done by the medical services industry, what I call the industrial medical industrial complex, I think there is going to be a call for a, a deep level of call for reform. There, there's sort of a superficial call for reform, but I think it's going to grow deeper with time. And I see family medicine in primary care, general internal medicine, general pediatrics, the nurse practitioner movement, I see these folks really infiltrating and leading the change that's going to happen. One of the exciting things that I see, I actually see two kind of cutting-edge things that are, I think have the potential to be really disruptive innovators. And the first is something called direct primary care, which is like concierge medicine, only it's priced for the working class and even the poor. And it eliminates the need for insurance for your primary care services. And as that happens, as, and as the control of the insurance industry diminishes, some really fascinating things can happen in terms of not only reducing the cost of service, but eliminating a lot of the unnecessary care that's going on right now. And the other cutting edge is at the population health. Family docs in particular are moving into leadership positions in the healthcare industry, hospitals, ACOs, et cetera. And as they do that, their approach to care, which isn't necessarily to use a lot of hospital services and certainly not unnecessary services, is their philosophy begins to bend the cost curve in the operation of these organizations. I see a real opportunity to restore the integrity of our healthcare system so it's really serving the people as opposed to serving as a wealth production vehicle for a small segment of people. So I, I see some very exciting things coming for the future in family medicine and primary care. I've been a big fan of Larry Bauer for many years. When I started off, my first role in residency education was as a recruiter going out trying to 
meet and recruit medical students to come to my hospital's residency. And for any of you who have done that, and I'm sure many of you have who are listening to this program, you, know, you kind of go out there where you have your display and your booth and all these things. And I was trying to get as many names as possible and do whatever I could to get people to come and learn about my program. And Larry talked to me and said, just make connections. Just don't worry about volume. Make connections. That's what primary care and family practice is all about. And you were right. It was about getting people to believe more or less what you're trying to teach and what you're trying to bring to your community. And I think you learned early on, and you were essentially teaching me and others who were doing the recruiting like me, what that was all about. It was essentially about trying to get people to find the niche that they wanted and to provide that care. Well, yeah, I've always said that family medicine as an enterprise is a village. And within that village, there are a number of neighborhoods. There's academic family docs. Uh, your residency and your pre-doc people, and there's practicing family docs, and there's family docs in public health, uh, et cetera. And each of those is a kind of a neighborhood within family medicine. And when you're when you participate in our program, for example, and you have a booth, the students, residents, faculty, and practicing docs who come to the meeting, they pay attention to who's in the village. And when you're not there. People wonder, have a way of, of attributing ideas about the quality of the program. So at our meeting every October, we'll have 70 to 75 in the Northeast region will be at the meeting. And people do notice who's there and who's not there. So your presence, getting involved, letting the students experience the passion and vision that you have, the vitality of family medicine in your residency program, I mean, that's really the magnet and it's all it's all word of mouth eventually one student bumps into your faculty or resident at the meeting and they tell their colleagues and it spreads by word of mouth it's you know basic social networking 101 when you talk about the concept direct primary care it's something that i'm sure most of our listening audience really isn't aware of Explain it if you can from a basic standpoint, and then I'd like to explore it more because clearly it is an exciting concept, and for those involved in family practice and primary care, it's clearly something they should know about. So direct primary care is a relatively new innovation. It's estimated now that there are about 5,000 practices across the U.S. that are now fully in the direct primary care practice, or what we call a hybrid, which means they're still taking some insurance for their established patients. But at its simplest form, it's a practice that charges a membership fee generally in the order of 50 to $60 per patient per month for all of your uh, primary care, your, your access to your uh, family physician, your nurse practitioner, who, whoever's in the practice delivering care. Your ancillary costs for blood testing or you know, other services provided through the primary care practice may be additional. Most of the direct primary care practices have negotiated discounts with their local special studies providers, be that LabCorp or, you know, the local digital imaging facility. It's truly changed the incentive so that the doc is no longer trying to check boxes to get paid by an insurance company. They can focus fully on the patient who's sitting in front of them. That patient is a member of your practice, and responding to that person and serving them in the best way possible is where all of the incentive is. And the time and energy and, and the resources 
uh, that go into getting paid by the insurance company, the extra staffing. I mean, typically in a true direct primary care practice, the numbers I've seen is the overhead is dropped by better than 50%. So you can run a low overhead practice, serve a good number of patients, and, and really do what's right for your patients and your community. We had our direct primary care summit in Washington, D.C. this past weekend, two days with 200 people in the direct primary care world. And it was just fascinating to hear the inventiveness and the responsiveness of the family docs to their patients and their community when they weren't chained by the needs of serving the insurance industry. So I really think it's an important way for primary care to be revitalized. The American Academy of Family Physicians has now come out and fully endorsed it when they present their Family Medicine for America's Health report. Direct primary care is one of the models that will be supported with all of the muscle that AAFP has to bring to bear both in terms of serving its members in the advocacy and legislative spheres. So it's really an exciting opportunity. And what was really cool is just to sit there and listen to these family docs talk about the joy of practicing medicine. That's been missing from many of the practices for many years now. And to hear that come back and to hear the excitement that students and residents have for going into office-based practice, it was just very cool. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough. I am speaking with Larry Bauer. He is the Family Medicine Education Consortium CEO. We're talking now about direct primary care, and I wanted to follow up on that. You know, A lot of people might be interested or know about the idea of concierge medicine. Where is this different? Where Obviously, it seems like the pricing is a little different for patients. Well, it's priced for the, it's really priced for the working class. I mean, 50 bucks a month is the, the price of your cable TV, your cell phone package, et cetera. Concierge medicine is priced obviously much higher out of the reach of most of the working class. The, typically also the panel sizes are different. Most concierge are in the three to 500 range and quite often they'll keep it down to 300 if they can. The direct primary care will generally run from 800 to 1,000 in a full practice. There's also full transparency, one of the hallmarks of a direct primary care practice. You can go to their website or you can walk in the, the front door of the practice and it lists, you know, if you do need to have your blood drawn or if you do need to have some other office-based procedure done, it will list the cost of the services right there for you. See, so there's true price transparency. In some of the direct primary care practices, the really direct pay practices, they will just have cash prices. Here's our hourly charge. If you need 10 minutes, here's what the cost is. And it really allows the customer, the patient, to understand and make uh, rational choices about the services that they get. We only have a few minutes left with Larry Bauer. I knew it was going to go fast because he has so many ideas to yeah. talk about. But, uh, but Larry, I wanted to ask you about the whole insurance industry. What I'm seeing now is for the first time since I remember, and I've been in practice for quite some time, there is a definitely an alliance in the ideas and the concepts between insurance companies and primary care docs and family docs in that we want the same goals. We would like people to be healthy, to stay out of the hospital. They're for different reasons, perhaps, but the incentives are in line. How can we take advantage of that 
for our own patients. How do you see that as a as a way to perhaps improve care? Well, that's a very challenging question. Um, I have to say, Brian, and, and I won't mention any companies by name, but I've seen in general a reluctance on the part of the insurance company. They know, uh, going back to Barbara Starfield and her work and others, they know that a robust primary care system will drive down costs pretty dramatically and leave patients happier. The insurance industry has fairly systematically, up until very recent times, made it very, very difficult for primary care practices to survive. Quite a large percentage of primary care physicians, all specialties, have become hospital-owned, and that's driven up the cost of care. And I haven't seen the insurance industry really step out forward financially to incent the support for robust primary care. So to me, the best way to work with the insurance industry is for family docs and general internists and pediatricians to recognize the power that they have. They have the strong relationship with patients, and they've been unwilling to use that lever to insist that the insurance company radically change how they support a primary care and provide incentives for patients to live healthy. It's always struck me as pretty crazy with the pay-for-performance mechanisms that many insurance companies use to incent the docs to motivate the patients to make lifestyle changes. Why not directly incent the patients? And I have not seen those kind of strategies. So I'm thinking there's a lot of levering that needs to happen to bring them around. We only have about a minute left with Larry Bauer. And I wanted to ask you, Larry, it's an important question. Tell me a little bit about the Family Medicine Education Consortium, what the work you are doing is, and how it could impact family doctors out there who might be listening around the country, in fact, around the world listening to this show. Well, our core belief is that family medicine and primary care are essential to an effective health care system, and our goal is to energize the vision and passion, particularly of family docs, to work together. We are working very hard to promote student interest in family medicine, and we do that by helping the students to see the power of some of the work of family docs. We have a low birth weight project. We have a global health project, chronic pain project. And when the students get to see what I call robust family medicine, robust primary care can do, that's really, from our point of view, the best way to get the next generation fired up about family medicine. Larry Bauer, we've run out of time, but I want to thank you for joining and sharing your insights on primary care today on ReachMD. Thanks very much, Brian. Take care. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com slash primary care today to download the podcast you can learn more about the series and obviously we have plenty of programs out there for you now but this particular one if you didn't hear it you want to hear the whole thing with larry and thank you so much 